We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday We've got plenty to talk about in the world of the NBA. Uh, Keith, I'm, I'm happy to be back home. I spent the week <laughs> traveling for, for the holiday season, went uh, to my sister's house. My, my brother-in-law is a professional chef, so I spent the last week eating everything, just, just oh, nonstop. Like, so now I, I feel like I'm back. I'm back in my normal studio, and uh, I can go back to like eating healthier foods again because man i feel like all i did was eat for for a week straight but now i can kind of get you know get uh, get back to going again so what the holidays are for right it's yeah. about family and food and uh, mixing a little bit of basketball and christmas and you've got yourself a good holiday yeah we we stayed home no travel for for the smith family but it was a uh, it was cold here man i got down into the 20s and 30s here in orlando which for us is absolutely freezing uh thankfully it's warming back up into our normal ranges and we'll, we will happily uh take take our 70 and 80 degree weather coming back here in orlando dude i i felt negative eight in kansas city <laughs> And I've never experienced that before in That's my brutal. in my in my life. And I went, oh my God, there really is a difference between like 10 degrees and negative eight degrees. Like, oh yeah. That was that was certainly an eye opener. But uh but fortunately it looks like temperatures are going back up around the country. Hopefully flights will start will start up again around yeah, the country too. Some of the cancellations. Brilliant. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So, so many people. We hope uh, none, none of our uh, watchers and listeners are are among that group trap. But if 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 you are, we're we're gonna you know spend some time with you here, breaking down all the latest news and yep. stuff. We get a lot of stuff. Uh, we're we're full on in trade rumor season. I love it. It's That's all right. all starting to come out here and all sorts of things uh, headed our way. So so I'm excited to break it all down. Well, let, let's kick things off with this. James Harden. This came out on Christmas Day. Uh, is potentially interested in rejoining the Houston Rockets. Is this just Woj playing Krampus on the 76ers or, or what, what is happening here? I've seen a lot of fans say, well, this is leverage for negotiations on an next contract, the 76ers, things like that. What, what's your take on it, Keith? Yeah. I mean, our assumption all along was Harden opted out, signed the short-term deal with the idea of, 
all right, we're going to bring a bunch of guys in. You're going to make it up to me next year with a max deal and, Mm -hmm. you know, plus, 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 whatever it is on top of that and off we'll go. But I think now we're seeing eh, maybe, you know, that's not going to be the way it goes. And I, and I thought between Woj's reporting and then Jake Fisher of Yahoo sports had some stuff uh, where it was about how Harden basically, as soon as he left Houston uh, to go to the Nets was like, man, I kind of miss Houston. And they were talking about how like Houston had become his city and he's like, mm-hmm. like that was his his place and all that stuff and i think that is um there's definitely something to that right where for for some of these guys they get super attached to a place and feel good so i i would put it less than 50 percent. this is how it plays out but yeah. i think that it's even being mentioned is worth kind of like huh that's weird because also the timing right where we're it's the end of December. It's not a free agent for another five months or almost six months. So it really is a, uh, you know, well, what is happening here, right? Like that, that, that part of it was very interesting to me. Yeah. Why, why did this come out at, during this time? That was a bit strange. We always ask, you know, read between the lines who benefits from this. It's really hard yeah. to see what, I mean, if this was coming out in, I don't know, in May or something like that. Okay, he's in negotiations with the 76ers. You want it out there that, hey, I don't have to re-sign with you. I've got other options. You know, like you could see it in that way. But for this to come out now in December is a little bit weird. Uh, big picture, what would the Rockets do this? Like, because if you if you sign James Harden, unless James Harden says, you know what, I'm not worried about contending. I'll be the veteran. I'll be the mentor. I'm still going to put up my numbers. We're going to win games. But I'm not going to press you guys into trading all your young talent, which I don't know if he would be of that mindset or not. If he's not, though, if you're Houston and you re-sign James Harden, isn't that signaling that you want to win right now? And that might mean trading away some of these guys that you've acquired in order to get win-now pieces. Is that is that really the move you want to make? Yeah, I think it's really tough if you're the Rockets. Some of it is how much patience do you have for yeah. how long are you going to let this this go uh, with this rebuilding process? Because it's probably realistically, it's probably another year or two before they're you know a full fledged playoff contender um, after this season. So then then it's all right. Do we have patience to do this for two more seasons if that's what it takes? I also look at it as all right. Well, if James Harden wants to come, I project the Rockets at about fifty nine to sixty million in cap space so more than enough to sign Harden and still have money left over to go get somebody else and and if Harden will would do a less than max deal let's say he would say I'll take 40 million instead of you know the full 47 48 49 million um that that he that he could get I'm gonna pull it up right now to make sure I have the number 46.9 million next year is the projected max for him if he was to sign there if he let, let's say he took forty and left seven million on the table, well then that throw that onto what what else is left over. Now mm-hmm. all of a sudden that's twenty million dollars ish in range that you could get to, and that's still with keeping all the kids. Then you say, all right, we're going to package two of the kids together and go get another guy. You could build a pretty good team on the fly in Houston that that sets you up for being a playoff team right away. I just guess the question is, are you playing for the long-term upside of if all of our kids develop and they all hit, we could be a great playoff team for five, six, seven, eight years, or do we want to win right now? So my guess is it probably comes down to you and who else is coming, right? If there's somebody else who's willing to come along with you, uh, whether we use that cap space to sign them outright or we do a trade to get that player, then maybe, maybe we go in that direction. But yeah, it's going to be one of those things where now instead of it just being a, well, Harden's a free agent, but take him off the list because he's going to definitely resign in Philly. Now you got to kind of leave him on the list because maybe it's not as a lock as we thought it was. 
Yeah, you know, when when I look at this, Russell Westbrook will be a free agent. Team up with him again in Houston, run it back there. Sorry, Rockets fans. Yeah, um, somehow I don't think that's how it's going to go. <laughs> but, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. So James Harden got asked about this whole situation after the game, and he's like, come on, he wouldn't even answer the question. He's like, it's Christmas, and you didn't even say Merry Christmas, and you're asking me about this and, and all that kind of stuff. And I realized, like, there is no right answer. Like, no. there's no – like, there's no – like, you can be – you know, politically correct or whatever in, in your in your answer. You can be measured in what you say, but there's really no right answer. Like he either says, unless he says, no, 100% no, I am staying with the 76ers, right? That that could shut down some, some questions, but then that removes any leverage that he's got because then in the future, he could potentially look like the bad guy if he goes yeah. back on that, right? Or if he leaves the door open, then people are saying, oh, he's not committed, trade him. And all the, it sparks all these other conversations. It's a no-win question. For, for James Harden to try to answer that, especially now here uh, on, on Christmas Day to answer that question. So I don't know where, where this is ultimately going to go, but I don't think you, we can be upset with James Harden for how he handled that question or anything like that or not shutting things down. Like it, there's there's no winning with, with that question no matter what he says. Yeah, completely agree. It really is because to your point, if he says, no, I'm a 76 or I'm going to be here next year, and then he's not, then everybody's going to be like, you're a liar and yeah. you know, all this stuff. I mean, firsthand experience with that with Kyrie Irving. And I, by no means, I never hold a player, you know, uh, you know, super upset if they change their mind on something because we see teams do it all the time. They mm-hmm. sign a guy and it's like, yeah, it really work. And then they trade them. And, you know, I don't mind when the players are like, yeah, this isn't really what I want to do. I want to go somewhere else. So we'll see. It's it's going to be fun now to monitor because, you know, I've been kind of working days as I do at this time of year working on a lot of trade deadline stuff. And then that invariably leads into our, well, we got to start thinking about next off season a little bit and starting to build free agent lists and stuff. We just kind of put Harden at the top of the list. And then it's like, but he's not really going to leave. So just, you know, he's on there, but skip to, to guy number he's two. He's a fake free agent. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Now maybe he's a little bit more of a real one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see where ultimately this goes. Uh, speaking of the trade market, there's a rising belief. The wizards will trade. Kyle Kuzma. I think that's, you know, that we talk about this time of year is when the trade season starts to ramp up, when some teams start to figure out exactly what they are or aren't. Um, If the Wizards either don't feel like they have a good shot of keeping Kyle Kuzma or aren't willing what it would uh, to pay what it would cost to keep him, uh, he will decline that player option. We already discussed that on a previous show. Uh, it would make a lot of sense for them to move him by the trade deadline. And I think teams would actually give up a pretty decent amount for him. He's a, a big wing who can shoot the ball a bit from the outside, can be a bit switchy on the defensive end. Teams will pay for that skill set. Yeah, and if you're a team that feels really good that he would resign with you long-term, you inherit his bird rights. So then uh-huh. you get him and you'll be able to sign him to whatever contract you want. Uh, in a bit of shameless self-promotion, I did just write about uh, Kyle Kuzma for Spot Track last week about why he won't sign an extension, and that's because he just he can't get enough via an extension to to make it worth him signing one because of the way the veteran extension rules work. So that means he is... That's why he's going to opt out, and he's uh, putting career best numbers up right now, you mm-hmm. know, pretty much across the board. Uh, what's impressed me probably the most is his passing. I think he's finally starting to figure out, you know, hey, if I draw two, that doesn't mean I should have to shoot over a double team every time. I can actually, you know, find a cutter or a shooter on the weak side or something like that. So that's been been a fun, you know, piece of growth for him. But he's really, really playing well, and he's going to get paid. So 
if you're Washington, if there's any signs, and uh, Mark Stein was the one who wrote about this most recently, there's just a lot of belief he may not want to stay in Washington. Mm -hmm. Well, if he doesn't, then it behooves them absolutely to trade him, give what you can, because you're not, yeah, it's not, not like he's going to wreck your path to contention or anything. If you're right. the Wizards, like, like just move on, get, get what you can. And you know, like you said, shoot, it's not going to be one of these massive hauls, but you could probably get a first round pick. I would imagine from the right team for Kyle Kuzma, or maybe a pick and a young player or something sure. like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you definitely can. And if you're the Wizards and I mean, let's face it, the season isn't quite going according to plan anyway. Um, you can't what you can't do is let him walk away for nothing. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't do that. So if you think you don't have a good shot of keeping him or he doesn't want to stay, you gotta move him. Exactly. You gotta move him. Yep. All right. Uh some good news. Tyrese Maxey back on, on Friday. The 76ers have have missed it. Although you know what DeAnthony Melton has done a pretty admirable job filling Good, in. Great. His his yeah. three point shooting has been really impressive. That was the knock on his game coming out of college was that he couldn't shoot the three. And now he's he's knocking that down with regularity. So he's been a nice fill in. Enough so that there's been a question of do you start Tyrese Maxey uh-huh. when he comes back or not? And or my take on that is you you do eventually, maybe not mm-hmm. his first couple games, kind of let him get his get get his win back up. But yeah, you got to go back to Tyrese Maxey. He's such a talent. I mean, he's he's so impressive and uh, a big fan of, of what he provides. So uh, will be nice for the 76ers to get him back. And we always want to talk about you know we we talk so much about this guy's hurt, that guy's hurt. <laughs> it's great to be able to say this player's healthy and coming back from injury. So absolutely, yeah. A couple other guys over. Over the course of the last uh, few days, Michael Porter Jr. got back in the lineup. Desmond Bain back for the Grizzlies. So that's all been been good stuff seeing those guys. But yeah, Maxi's huge. My worry with the Sixers is I don't really care who starts. If Doc Rivers, which he's not going to do because he's never done this in his history as a coach, but if he would just stagger the starters a little bit, mm-hmm. my preferred stagger would be sub out Harden and Embiid early. Um, in the first quarter, maybe, you know, eight, uh, seven, eight minute mark, then bring them back in to end the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. And then if they need another quick break, take them out for a minute or two and then bring them in to close the half. But I think you bring, get those guys out that bring them back to go against second unit players. Mm-hmm. Like there's no second unit guys in the league that can handle those two. And let Harden and or, uh, Harris and Maxi. Uh, be your guys to kind of you know, run the offense and let to them do their thing. Just keep things afloat for the mid part of the first quarter. And then, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. But it's just not how Doc does it. He just no. he kind of plays more traditional units. He, you know, Line I, change. I tweeted about it on Christmas Day. I was like, find you somebody who loves you this holiday season. Like Doc Rivers loves all reserve lineups yeah. at the same time. Like it's just, you know, it's just frustrating. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's the way – that he's done things and it seems like it's the way he's going to continue to do things. And I think that would allow, it would allow a guy like a Tyrese Maxey to kind of spread his wings even a bit more like here, mm-hmm. you get to really run the show during yeah. this whole time period. It's not like, Hey, you need to feed Embiid or you need to make sure James yeah. Harden's getting touches or, or whatever, like you, or he's got the ball. You get to just kind of do your thing. And mm-hmm. I think that would be a good thing for his development. Yeah. You get your five, six minutes a half, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's your team for, for this period of time. But you know, that's topic for another day. Yep. Um, let's jump over to your Celtics who reportedly won't remove the interim tag from Joe Missoula, um, this season. Is that, is that a lack of confidence in Missoula? Is that, is that leaving the door open for Emi Odoka? What, what do you take for, or is this just nothing? They just policy, just don't want to do anything like that mid season. 
I think it's just more process related okay. where it's, you know, Hey, uh, technically Amy Doka is still the coach and he's on suspension, but you know, when, when that suspension ends, we'll address everything at that time. My very firm held belief is he Doka will never coach in Boston again. Um, or at least never coach the Celtics. I should say, maybe he comes back as a coach of another team. Um, in there, That'll probably after the suspension, my guess is they'll have worked something out for both sides to go their separate ways. And at that point, the Celtics can, if things go well under Joe Missoula, which is well for the Celtics at this point is you, you've got to be either back in the finals or right on the verge of the finals or obviously win the finals. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, it'll be, all right, we're going to remove the interim tag, give you the job full time and off we go. So I just think this is just more a process thing than anything else. Makes sense. Makes sense. This isn't them saying, Hey, Joe Missoula, you're doing a bad job. So we're going to hold this over no. your head or anything. That's not what's yeah. happening here. No. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. Um, the Knicks reportedly have internally talked Tobias Harris. Keith, I saw that word again because we already heard the, my Lakers <laughs> internally discuss trading for DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic. First of all, who's leaking these internal conversations? Yeah, right? <laughs> and if, if so, what are you doing? Every team has internal conversations about every player. And if you're not, you're doing yeah. it wrong. But nonetheless, this, this is a story. Yeah, every team has a big giant board somewhere in, in there. In the Orlando there, Magic like, take office. pictures of it. Yeah, the Magic. Yeah, they <laughs> tweet it out and let the world see it. But yeah, everybody has those boards where they've got whether it's handwritten names or they've got a lot of them have little uh, like player card like yeah. uh, like magnet strips where then you know you move them around and stuff and, and they kind of do that. But yeah, that's you know these are the things that happen. So I it's weird to me. I guess this comes out of. Uh, Part of the reporting was Tom Thibodeau reported he really likes Tobias Harris. And not to say Tobias Harris couldn't help the Knicks, because I certainly sure. think he could, but like where where does he fit? Like, like if you went and put him yeah. on the Knicks, because you've got Julius Randles already, your 20, yo, know, high 20s, low 30 million dollar salary guy. Now you're bringing in Harris, 37 million this year, 39 million next year. Like that, you know, who, who are you trading to get him? I guess you could put together like Derek Rose and Evan Fournier, and that fixes some of your maybe depth issues. But I don't know. It just seemed to be a little bit of a weird fit to me. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, the president, if there wasn't a Julius Randall, it would make sense. But yes. you kind of you're kind of asking. You're bringing in somebody who fills a very similar role to Randall, even though they're not the same player. They're going to play kind of a similar role in your team. So it's um, it would be a bit odd, I think, in order yeah. to to go do that. But nonetheless, again. When it when it's phrased as internal conversation, okay, that that means the other team's not even <laughs> sure. involved, and like, yeah. 
I'm not I'm not gonna yeah. put too much stock in that right. as of this moment. Yeah. Uh Domitas Sabonis, avulsion fracture in his thumb, but he may be able to play through this to a degree, just deal with with some of the pain management. But this is this is not good news. Not not good news at all. Something that um can can be a, a real hindrance to uh, to a lot of different basketball actions that are out there. It's going to be uncomfortable. So we'll see what he can do here, but not not the kind of news uh, the Kings were, were looking to get. No, not at all. The saving grace is it's in his right thumb. He is left-handed, mm-hmm. so it's on his non-shooting hand. But, yeah, if he if he can't play through it and has to miss time, that's going to be tough. The Kings, as we've talked about over and over again, in the West, they're sixth right now, but they are a half game out of ninth. So mm-hmm. that tells you, you know, everything is just super compact and tight. And the weird thing is the Kings, they're 17 and 14. And keep in mind, we're not in one of those years where we've seen a whole bunch of um, COVID cancellations and things like yeah. that with the schedule. They're, they've only played 31 games. The Jazz have played 36 games already. So there's mm-hmm. a five-game difference. Like, I don't – that's very odd uh, to, to me. And I know Utah fans have talked about that. I've seen it on social media where it's like we've already played, like, all these back-to-backs and these road trips and these weird road trips and things like that. But anyway, it's – for the Kings, yeah, you can't afford to not have him. And he was playing incredible mm-hmm. basketball. He had a couple 20-rebound games. He had a couple triple-double games. And they're really, really playing great. That team was really kind of finding their footing and their stride uh, with the rotation. So hopefully he's able to play through it and they can make it work um, the one other kind of semi good news is get a lot of bigs on that roster so they can do some stuff uh get a couple guys out of, out of uh you know non-rotation guys get them back into the rotation guys like Rashawn Holmes Shemizu uh-huh. Metu I've uh, got Alex Len still on that roster Trey Lyles had a game out uh, the other day where I think he went six for six from the floor and something like five for five from three um so you've got a bunch of ways you can go to get through uh if he does have to miss time but but it's, it's a huge loss nonetheless because he's been that good yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic for them. So, not easy for them to get through that. But, uh, but again, it's could be worse in, in yeah. this situation. Uh, Christian Wood been playing pretty well for the the Dallas Mavericks. Do they look to extend him, or does he hit the market in in free agency? I know he can he can extend now for uh, what is it about seventy seven million dollars? Yep. Does that does that get it done, or is he going to be out there on the market? Yeah, seventy seven million and change for for Christian Wood. So. That's probably close to fair value, almost $20 million a season, average annual value for him. That'd mm-hmm. be a four-year extension. It's it's hard because you got to balance, right? So what you need to look at is, all right, well, who has cap space to offer me more than the mid-level? And do those teams need a big? Well, some of those teams don't necessarily need a big. Um, one of them is Houston. He was, excuse me, I get the hiccups. He was just there. Right. One is Orlando. Orlando has more than enough bigs. San Antonio, maybe, but they're you know still kind of in that rebuilding curve. Would Utah want to go that direction if they want the cap space route? Maybe Indiana uh, could be. You know, a team Detroit. He was already there. That's kind of been there, done that. They've got some young bigs, so that starts to turn into well, who's going to give him that big contract if that's you know where he wants to go? So it may be in his best interest to say, you know what, I've kind of found a place here in Dallas. He's playing really, really well. Thirty plus points again on Christmas Day, starting now, um, which seems to be working out just fine. Um, but maybe he looks at it and says, yeah, seventy-seven million over four years. Let's do it. Let's get it done. And I'll just stick here. Dallas. If you're Dallas, do you do that? If that if he says I'm willing to do this, do you say cool? Yeah. Let's go. 
Yeah, I do because you're you're looking to you got to keep talent around Luca as best mm-hmm. you can. They're not going to be a cap space team anytime soon. So unless you're really saying, all right, we're going to do everything we can to clear all of our salary obligations to be just Luca and then like rookie guys. Um, then you, if you're going that direction, all right, well, you better have a really good plan for mm-hmm. it. And it better involve getting much better players than what you have now. And if that's not your plan, yeah, sign them. Cause he, no matter what, even on that type of contract where it's you know, 19, 20 million a season, Christian Wood's still going to be a very easily moved player by a trade if you need to. Now your upside on this, and th- this is what I looked at, you know, even going back to like, like the infamous Dennis Schroeder decision, when he turned down the 84 million, if I, if I was the agent in this scenario and I'm looking at, at Christian Wood, what's, what's your best case, your dream offer that you could get would be maybe what somebody goes crazy and gives you like 25 million per season, right? Like that, that's your yeah. best case. So you get up to hundred million. I mean, that's, that's some decent upside there, but if you have $77 million sitting on the table, your downside is you get hurt at some point during the season and you're looking at a veteran minimum deal, right? I mean, that's your, your downside is you're looking at $2 million and it's a one-year expiring contract or something like that. If, if something goes catastrophically wrong or like in the case of Dennis Schroeder, if for whatever reason the, the market just isn't there for you and then you wind up having to take a mid-level exception or even a taxpayer mid-level or something and then you're hoping to rehab your value again the next year, it's just so much downside that I don't think you can advise against passing up the certainty that 77 million would, would bring. That's, that's the way I've always looked at these. And some guys say, well, you want to bet on yourself. I always look at risk reward. I don't know that the reward is there for him to turn down 77 million if it's on the table. Yeah. And I think that's totally fair. And I think one of the other things you have to really factor in too, like I said, is who's going to give you that money. Yep. Who's going to give him $25 million a year? And if you don't feel really good about knowing who that team is here, this is also this is this is when you your agent makes his money, right? Is is right now because he's having those conversations with teams and the like. And you know, we could call the tampering police if we want, but we're you know, we're we're both on the sense of these are all adults. Let's stop being stupid about pretending this doesn't happen. And also teams, don't be so stupid and blatant about the way you do it. But you know, the, the back room conversations, yeah, those are happening right now. So if you feel like, yeah, I've got, you know, I feel pretty confident I've got a hundred million dollar offer sitting there, then you go. And I think in Dennis Schroeder's case, I think that was just a complete mystery to the market of like who was gonna give you that huge yeah contract like it wasn't a team you know christian wood a little bit of a different situation but yeah if you don't feel like that team exists for you take that four years 77 million and go go forward from there he's still young enough too that you're this isn't your last contract either you should be able to get one more decent contract after this as well absolutely absolutely um Similar extension talks. Jordan Clarkson uh, has been really good for the Jazz this year. Obviously, mm-hmm. they've been one of the pleasant surprises on the season. People thought this team would be tanking, and instead, now they're looking like maybe they'll even be a buyer out on the trade market. Uh, what does the Jordan Clarkson extension situation look like for him to stay in in Utah? Yeah, and so with, with Clarkson, a little bit of a different situation, right? Because he, at his age, in where he's at in his career, he's not going to be a $100 million guy. So for him, he doesn't necessarily need to cash in super huge um, on another deal. He's got 13.3 million this year. He's got a team option for 14.3 million next season. So if he opts out after this year and signs, or let's say he opts out to sign an extension, he can make about 16 million in first year salary next uh-huh. year. And that would give him with the jazz math here, about 70, almost 72 million. 
So if you're Jordan Clarkson, I looked at that and said, boy, that's that's pretty good money for where he's at in his career at this point. He is he has played really, really well. I was in the process of trying to pull up his uh, his stat line for he's at, this year. He's so. at 20. Four mm-hmm. and four and a half, four boards, yeah. four and a half assists. All career highs. Yeah, yeah. And, and meanwhile, he's he's shooting thirty six percent from deep. That's up from thirty two percent last mm-hmm. season. Forty three percent from the field. He's he is a a tough shot maker. So when you yeah. look at his percentage, yeah, percentages, you have to factor in the degree of difficulty for most of the shots that he takes. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he's putting up really solid numbers for this Utah team. And he'll be 31 going into next season. So that yeah. has to factor in a little bit too here. But yeah, if you could get something done, and it may not even need to be that full uh, amount that, that, that I just, just said and they've now forgotten what it was. What was it? 72 million. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you knocked that down into something the four year, like 64. Eight million dollar range, and then that feels maybe even better, right? Is mm-hmm. is that feels a little bit more reasonable about seventeen million a pop, and and you move forward with that. And I think if you're Danny Ainge and the Jazz, what you're looking at is saying, well, what what what's best? Risk losing him for nothing this summer, or risk getting into a spot where one of these teams that really needs a guard starts to bid us up, and that becomes a problem um, there, and we you either pay more than we want to, or we lock him into a number that should still be tradable, because I think at the very least, Jordan Clarkson has that last two, three years of his career playing the Lou Williams-Jamal Crawford role off the bench on a really good team, and that's 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 perfectly fine at $17 because we gotta we're going to probably hammer this all until people are tired hearing it, but you have to remember where the cap is going, mm-hmm. right? So if you're like 17 million feels about two, three million too high for Jordan Clarkson, well, then you know what? Then it's the exact right number where you really want to think about it because where the cap is going, that 17 million is going to be like a $14 million deal in a couple of years. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, the, my only caution with players like this, where a lot of their value is tied to their ability to score the basketball and score it relatively efficiently. Um, not the same type of player at all, but you look at like Duncan Robinson, right? Mm-hmm. Where, okay, he gets his contract. If he's continuing to shoot 40 plus percent from three, he's okay. That, that's it's fine value. But if that percentage drops at all, that massively impacts his value more than like, I don't know. I mean, it's a terrible example, but like if LeBron percentage drops like 3% or something or 5% even, okay, well, he's still LeBron and he does so many other things. You're still going to get value, right? A player like Duncan Robinson the percentage drops, and it's a big, big deal. Jordan Clarkson can kind of be the same way because his scoring is a lot where a lot of his value comes from. So if you're the Jazz and you're concerned that, uh-oh, what if the percentages drop again? And next thing you know, he's shooting 40% from, from the field and it drops to 30% from three. Does that then become a more tricky contract to trade? But ultimately, I think you're right, Keith. I think that worst case, he is, he is that solid sixth man that can come in there and light up another team's second unit. So I don't think the risk level is too high. I just, it's always something that I consider when I look at players that have this particular skill set where a lot of their value comes specifically from putting the ball in the basket. Yeah. And then, and then in, while we talked, his playmaking numbers are nice right now. That's not necessarily where he's really going to be, Correct. you know, a year from now. So, yeah. So we do have to be very cautious of that as well of like, hey, this may not be, uh, you know, what, what he's really showing on another team. All right, uh, Miles Bridges potentially working out a deal with with the Hornets. Um, where is this is this going? He's a restricted free agent right now. Um, mm-hmm. Does not have an NBA contract. I know that the moment he signs that contract, the NBA is suspending him 
Yeah. So what did, what do the Hornets do here? What's the thought process? Yeah, it seems like the legal portion of his his uh, situation here. And I let, let me go back. I don't like the way the reporting was handled around this. One, mm-hmm. I didn't like when it came out. Um, there was no reason for that to come out when it came out. I'm not going to blame the reporter for that because if Woj, who was the one who reported it, didn't, they were going to hand the story to somebody else who would have reported it. It's just kind of how it goes. So that part, but I didn't like, you didn't have to write the, his, for his part in the involvement in the, the situation. Well, we know what his part was. He beat the crap out of his you know, girlfriend and the mother right. of his child. Like, you know, no, no one didn't. And he was not found not guilty of that. So, you know, people can leave that part alone. Like, that's not what happened. It was, you know, it was another, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically finding or ruling or whatever it was, settlement, uh, however we want to phrase that with this. But that part now seems to have passed. So what it seems like Bridges' side and the Hornets want to do is let's get into a new deal. Then the NBA will take over with the discipline side. He will get suspended, probably going to be a lengthy suspension. Yep. And let's get that over with this year. Now, what I could see happening is there might have already been conversations to say, all right, what do you think? 25-game suspension? Okay, you're going to do a 25. We're going to sign him with 25 games to play. He will not play this season. He'll be suspended for the remainder of this year. And then we'll all start fresh, hopefully in a far, far better place. At least it better be uh, next training camp and we'll move forward from there. That could be how this situation plays out. Basketball-wise, the Hornets stink. I mean, they are awful. And they could really use him. But you're going to be talking about a guy who hasn't played you know, in a very long time by the time he takes the floor again, still young enough. I don't, it's not like he's 35 years old and it might be gone. It should still all come back to him being a very good player. But yeah, this is just one of those ones where if you're the Hornets, you're trying to make the best out of a bad situation, I guess, and get things moving in a more positive direction. But I don't think anybody feels super great about this. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We're going to wrap things up with this. Uh, some two-way moves took yeah. place around the NBA. And I know, Keith, you want to address why we're seeing this stuff pop up right now. Yeah, so what's happening right now is the NBA, we, we got a string of um, important dates coming here over the next uh, uh, little bit as we get into to January. So what happens is January 5th is the uh, 10-day contracts can start uh, with, with teams. So we'll start seeing some of those come in here in the next week or so. January 7th is the last day to waive a player on a non-guaranteed deal. Um without accounting January 10th when all those contracts guarantee but what happens um, with those um, deals is you have to waive them by the 7th so that the players can clear waivers by the 10th mm-hmm. and then January 15th is the last day to sign a player to a two-way contract so about three weeks away so what we're seeing here is teams are making a little bit of a jump on the process here to to get some of the two-way moves so what happened Mavericks uh, waived Tyler Dorsey signed AJ Lawson Pistons uh, waived Braxton Key and signed AJ or signed Jared Roden. And then the 76ers waived Saban Lee and signed Louis King. Now, what part of what happens with all that is it's a chance to get new guys in that you want to take a look at and it 
couple of those cases, like Braxton Key. Uh, he was on a two-year two-way, so he'd already been with the Pistons for a while. They, I, I'm guessing at this point the Pistons are like, yeah, he's never going to pop, so let's bring in somebody new to take a look at. But you're going to see a lot of two-way moves happen over the next three weeks because it's we're, we're coming up on the deadline to, to sign two-way contracts. So you'll start seeing a lot of the two-way shuffling going on. Here's teams move on from guys they've seen enough of or sometimes. Unfortunately, it's a two-way player who's injured, and they'll wave the player that way and bring somebody else in. So we're going to see a lot of roster shuffling beyond just the trade deadline, which is on February 9th. Um, we're going to see a lot of shuffles coming up here over the next couple of weeks. Tis the season. And of course, as teams and executives start coming back from the holidays, you can expect trade rumors to pick up as well. We're hitting an exciting point of the NBA year as we get it. I can't believe it. 2023. I mean, right around the corner. I don't even know what happened. And they just looking at but right, they brought it up with Utah's played 36 games. Like we're rapidly closing in on the halfway point of the season. The season's yep. gonna be half over before we know it. So it's yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, all-star voting is happening now. Yep. So you know, we get the all-star game and just about a month and a half or so away. So yeah, it's all coming very, very quickly. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we'll be right here breaking everything down for you. Make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office Show right here on YouTube, as well as the podcast version over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.